is something temporary that we are doing and we're making the best use of. And thank you for those who are um, helping us to do that. Um, but the beautiful thing about that song is, is spirit come and fill this place. And, uh, and so thankfully that doesn't depend on us meeting together on a Sunday morning in a building all together. And so that is my prayer, my longing for each one of us. And as a as mom led us in communion and Puma shared with us and led us and Paul has led us, Neville has led us. That is our, 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 our longing, our deep prayer for you, that you would know that he is with you, that the spirit of the living God would come and fill the place where you are. Um, yeah, so... Let me let me start uh, by just by just praying if that's okay. Father, I um, thank you for what we've sang, God, and um, I just we can rush straight to the word, and um, I'm looking forward to getting to the word. But just just for a moment, just um, acknowledge that you're with us, and thank you that you are with us. And so, Spirit of the living God, I pray that we would be so keenly aware that you are close right now. And so, ever we find ourselves, God, maybe maybe for some of us, we're, we are relating to Puma and, and having to go back maybe weeks, months, or even further to those moments when we were just passionate about, about you and your ways and the kingdom of God and uh, and so I thank you that, uh, that no matter where we are, your affection for us, your thoughts toward us haven't and won't change. And, and so God, I just pray that we know the loving presence of the Lord really close right now, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, I pray that you would be so close. Um, and even for our kids, God, I just pray that uh, in all the noise and all the running around, God, that even there would know... Um, the peace of the Lord. Um, so bless them, whatever they're doing. Um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you all. I, I, it is really good. I've put, I've put this up in gallery because last week I realized that I, uh, my big face was on the screen. It's been too long looking at my own face. So th thankfully, thankfully a gallery view, I can scan or zoom, uh, and see a few funny faces here. See a few people knitting and sewing and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, wherever else you're watching from, or whatever time you're watching from, um, it's a real privilege to be able to share with you. Uh, last Sunday, we talked, uh, we, we looked at two words, um, two words that I felt were really important for us as followers of Jesus, but I think words that are important for us as we consider what it is to be church, um, with a heart to see the flour mutual flourishing of all within our communities. And the two words were, I felt like, I felt like they were taken from Isaiah 58. Uh, Eugene Peterson translated um, verses in Isaiah 58 um, by saying, make the community livable again. And the community that Isaiah was speaking to was fractured, was fragmented, uh, was in deep despair and uh, and so the word of the prophet to God's people was make the community livable again, restore, rebuild, reconcile. And, uh, and I think that, that, mean, that, that requires people who are going to 
put down their roots, people who are going to provide stability and rootedness um, that are going to make the community livable. Again, that was my suggestion to us last Sunday. Uh, and I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to take us in that different of a route this morning. Um, but the word that I would, the word that I've been reflecting on, and it's a word that I've been reflecting on ever since it was a week or two ago. We had, uh, I think it was the first, the first Monday or Tuesday in, in the new year, where Ash led the men through just a bit of a conversation around waiting in God. And so the word that I want us to reflect on today is patience. And, I, and I, even just as I was listening to Puma there, I, was, I listened to Puma talk about uh, nostalgia and like wanting, really wanting to get back to that place where he once, uh, where he felt that he once was. I like I can identify with that. Like I was like completely echo some of the feelings that Puma was talking about. But the problem that we that we often have, and I think especially in our Western culture, is that we 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 want that. Sometimes we want it so much that we end up looking for a quick fix. We're addicted to the quick fix, aren't we? We want the instant answers. We want, um, we want instant gratification. And, uh, and sometimes we go looking for the quick fix in order to get back to where we want, once were. And, uh, and so as much as I um, echo with Prima's thoughts, uh, I think, I hope this in some ways isn't discouraging, but I think it could be helpful for you and for many others like you, Puma, me included. Uh, I think this idea of patience might be important. It might be frustratingly important. <laughs> um, but the, this is what the, I was really struck by the words of Pope Francis. This is what he said. We are impatient, anxious to see the whole picture, but God lets us see things slowly and quietly. The church has to learn to wait. I think this is important. I think this is these, these words that I want to share with us, with you this morning uh, together are important in general, no matter when it is, but I do think they're important for the times that we find ourselves in at the moment. We are impatient. We are anxious to see the whole picture. And so I think that's the case for no matter what it is, but especially, especially I think around the virus, around vaccines, we are impatient. We are anxious to see the whole picture. Um, but God lets us see things slowly and quietly. The church has to learn to wait. And so I want to challenge you in your own personal, uh, your own personal level of patience. Uh, but for just a few moments, I'd love to reflect on the patience of God. And that was my takeaway from the, some of the thoughts that Ash led us, led us together and the men through uh, a number of weeks back. Just couldn't help but think, and, and as we got off the call, just continue to reflect on the patience of God. And so where we demand instant, where we de almost demand immediate change, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's spiritually, God is not impatient. Our, I think it's our Western culture and it's, it is even in the culture of the church that we want instant. We want immediate change and God is not impatient. A.W. Tozer said that the faith of Christ offers no button to push for quick service. The faith of Christ offers no button to push for quick service. Let me read, uh, let me read 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm sure many of you will know these verses, familiar with these verses. Let me read the first four. Um, 
the first four verses of 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in human languages or even in those of angels, but do not have love, then I've become a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I should have prophetic gifts and know all mysteries, all knowledge too, and have faith to move the mountains, but have no love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and for pride's sake, my very body, but do not have love, it is useless to me. Love is patient. And I do not think, I'm convinced, especially over the last couple of weeks, and I don't think I've ever reflected necessarily on the order that uh, Paul begins to describe what love looks like. But I don't think it's an accident that love, that first of all, love is patient. And, uh, and even as I think back, as I think to where mom led us through in communion this morning and we self-reflect, I know that there's been times that I've probably sounded, even this week, definitely this month and definitely in 2020, I've, I sounded, I'm sure, often like a clanging cymbal or a clashing gong. Or, but if, because if we've not love and, and, uh, and so I look inward, but as I look outward and I see some of um, people claiming to follow the way of Jesus and how we conduct ourselves on social media online, uh, we, the, 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 amount of, the amount of clashing symbols that I hear as I, as I, as I read through social media, it's, it's frightening. Um, and I, as, I, as I say, I don't think it's any accident that Paul is, uses um, first, the first characteristic that he mentions is patience. And so I think that's that what I want to reflect on for a few moments, that the patience of God, his patience flows from his love for creation. And I think this is language that you've probably heard me use often, that, that God, Father God, in his, in his wisdom, which often I often cannot get my head around, but in his wisdom, Ephesians 3 tells us his infinite, his multifaceted wisdom. He has committed himself to partnering with humanity. That was his longing right from the beginning. He has committed himself to it. He has committed himself to partnering with humanity to see the kingdom come, to see lives restored, rebuilt, and reconciled. But he's had to. Father has had to have patience, and he's having to. Not just past tense, it's present tense. He is having to be patient. And so if you're like me and you're, you're back to the beginning of the year and you're back to the beginning of your Bible, uh, you'll be once again familiar with the narrative of the Old Testament. And there is cycle after cycle after cycle of human rebellion. Thank God we have moments of hope where we see that there is some faithfulness. There is remnants of hope. There is faithfulness in the few. But the cycle is one of of massive human rebellion. They, don't, they no longer want to approach God for themselves. And so they, they, they want Moses to go and approach God on their behalf. And God gives in to their demands almost. And, and then they want the king. And God has told them, like, that is not what I want for you. Don't be like the other nations. I don't want you to, I don't want you to have a king. But they continue to demand. They continue to persist. And God relents. And that is language that is, we become familiar with over and over again in the, in the Old Testament narrative that God relents. His people are so persistent. They're so adamant that they want their own way. And God gives them what they want, even when he knows it's not their best, because the whole time he is maintaining this deep, 
unwavering patience. Because he has committed himself to partnering with humanity, he is not, he is not going to abandon us. He is not going to abandon them, the, those in the Old Testament. He's not going to abandon them. And so there's moments he relents. As, the, as they persist, he relents, but he's maintaining this deep, unwavering patience all along. The, the language that the church fathers use, if you go back third, fourth, fifth, sixth century, the likes of Tertullian and Origen, the language that they use when it comes to this idea of patience and the patience of God is long-suffering. They said that God was ever faithful to the divine nature and mission in the world, that he was even he would even prefer to be humiliated and suffer than deviate from the work of love and reconciliation. Wow. I, like, because of his commitment, he refused to deviate from the work of love and reconciliation. So because he was faithful to the, 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 his divine nature, because he was faithful to his mission in the world, he even went through, he even preferred humiliation and suffering than to deviate from uh, the work of love and reconciliation. I, I, that is remarkable. His patience truly flows from his love. And he lovingly and patiently involves humanity in his work, in the work of reconciliation. I've heard it said, I can't remember where I read it, but that his desire for collaboration, his desire for collaboration contributes to the slowness and the goodness of the redemption story. His desire for collaboration contributes to the slowness of the redemption story. He's so patient with us. His desire is that none should perish. His desire is that we would all come to know and experience the love and the freedom that is found fully in him. He is not impatient. And I think just for a few moments, I'd love to address the impatience that lies deep in our hearts. And it could be seen, it could be seen with family. Impatience could be seen uh, in your homeschooling, it could be seen in church. Impatience could be seen just even within your community as you walk the community. There could be just that, that, that impatience that lies deep in your heart. It could be seen in the in the traffic, as you wait in the traffic lights and you wonder why somebody's not going when the lights turn green, it could be seen in the, whenever you're queuing up uh, for, your sh for your shopping or whatever it is, there is there's something that lies deep within us and um, we're not going to be able to address much of it, but there's a couple of things that I'd love to for us to reflect on as we address the impatience that lies deep within. I think it is fair to say I don't think it's that controversial to say that Western culture is built on impatience. And I don't have time to go into it, but I, I'm just beginning to wonder as, as, you, as we reflect maybe deeper on this, and we're not going to do it this morning, but at what cost? As we think of technology, technological advances, as we think of all that's taken place in, uh, in the industrial world, in our demand for stuff to be quicker, and for stuff to be faster, what, at what cost? And, I, and, and, and that's why we begin to think, we need to think about what, how, the, how, our, how our demand for, for instant gratification, the, the cost 
And maybe we'll not see it now, but I can guarantee you our, our kids will see it. The generations that will come after us will see, will face the consequences of our demand for quicker because of our impatience. And we've and this increase in technology, this increase in industrialization has formed us into a culture of instant gratification. But I want to suggest there's another way of putting that, instant dissatisfaction. We've been formed in the culture of instant gratification, but I think another way of putting it is instant dissatisfaction. And I don't want to get bogged down by that this morning because I would love to suggest a couple of things that I think that are a result of impatience. And I, I'm just wondering this. This is what I'm wondering, and I think I would love your help as I'm always seeking, on a, as I share with you on a Sunday. I wonder, is our level of impatience, or, or this culture that is built on impatience, I wonder, is it shown in our aversion to suffering? And I want to be really careful here because I don't want to be, I don't want to dishonor people in any way. And I've been on a few calls and listened in to some prayer meetings, prayer gatherings, and and, and absolutely, I'm not being, I hope it doesn't sound critical, but much of the language is, is that revival is about to break out. The sun is about to rise. 2021 is going to be a year. Of, and, I, and I'm not dismissing that. And I, like I, I, part of me wants to cling on to the coattails of people who, want, who are there and are in that place. But there is a part of me still wonders, is, have we become, like, has our theology become so triumphalistic that we have almost, we just have such an aversion to suffering? And I know I'm probably going back over old ground that we looked at right back at the, in our first lockdown, our struggle to lament, our, our aversion, our avoidance of suffering. There's a theologian called Nicholas Walterstorff, and uh, he, wrote, he wrote a book called Lament for a Son. And I haven't, I haven't read all this book, I just grabbed bits and pieces of it. But he's talking about... Um, how his son died in an accident at the age of 25. This book is about how he's lamenting for his son. But what he does acknowledge and what he is pressing in his book is that he is saying that we have become obsessed with overcoming. We have become obsessed with overcoming suffering, but our call is to compassion. And as I, as I reflected on that, and again, this is maybe stuff that I've talked about before, but I don't think it does any harm to remind us that the word, the word um, compassion, this, this word is derived from the Latin meaning to suffer with. So, so this guy, Nicholas Walsterstorff, he said, we have become obsessed with overcoming suffering, but our call is to compassion. And so whenever you say the word, that this word is derived from the Latin to suffer with, I think that is cause for reflection. I think that we have created a culture that avoids, that avoids suffering. But more so than that, and this is what I think Nicholas Walsherstorf was getting at, uh, that we have also lost the capacity and possibly the willingness to enter into the pain of others. And this is why I think it, 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 it demands patience. Because to enter into another person's suffering to suffer with requires patience. It requires listening. It requires slowing down. I think our temptation, 
certainly within the West, certainly within some of our churches, is to automatically go to fixing. We want to fix. We want to pull people out. We want to rip them out of their suffering. We want to tell them it's going to be all right. We want to, we want to give them all of these nice things that are maybe good and are true and, and maybe will be helpful at some stage, but I think sometimes it requires, and even in this moment that we're in, some people at Neville's already referred to them. Some people are finding this more difficult than others. They don't need the, 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 they don't necessarily need another Bible verse. They don't necessarily need to know that your thoughts and prayers are with them, that they'll find themselves being ripped out of this during the week. They actually, I think, what they need is true compassion to people that will suffer with them. And that's what this guy writes about in his book, just was longing for people that would come alongside and suffer with, to enter into his pain. And I think that's what the idea of compassion is. Henry Nguyen said that patience is the hard but fruitful discipline of the disciple of the compassion of God. It's the hard but fruitful discipline of the disciple of the compassionate God. We don't, like, Jesus, we hold up Jesus. I think we constantly want to bring ourselves back to Jesus. And I think we, we often forget that Jesus was a man of suffering. He was a man of sorrows. He was familiar with pain. He was acquainted with grief. Isaiah 53, again, the prophet reminds us of that. He was familiar with grief. He was acquainted with it. He was a man of suffering. He was a man of sorrows. It was no problem for Jesus to enter into the pain of others. And so again, going back to some of the reflections that we had, uh, some of the men in, in our conversation that, that Ash led us in. I know for me, I, like as I shared with the guys, I know sometimes my level of patience could be viewed as passivity. My level of caution or or, or whatever could be viewed as passivity. And I think that could be said. Some people could say that. I think that could be the notion of the notion of patience for some could be passivity. But I would love to suggest that rather the patience means to enter actively into the thick of life. Patience means to enter actively into the thick of life and to fully bear the suffering within and around us. And I think that could be a challenge for us, that that, that, that is a very, it's not passive, it's active. Whenever you patiently, with long suffering, enter into and fully bear the suffering that is within and around, it's not passive, it's active. And where the, uh, sometimes I don't have any way of seeing how long I've been speaking for. The problem is I've got a, a wee clock down the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. I think there's other stuff that maybe around your lunch tables you could reflect on. There's another couple of things I would love to say before we finish. We've been fasting on, on Wednesdays. Um, some of us have, and we encourage you to continue to do that. Um, seeing loving looks being passed between husband and wives here. Uh, the church advocated uh, not only a spiritual patience, but they also advocated to go back to Tertullian and Origen, they advocated for a bodily patience, which meant fasting, which meant, which actually not only fasting, but simplicity. And I think Neville's going to lead us in this. Neville ha Neville's committed himself to, to living a life with three outfits, 
her child who's committed himself to a life of simplicity. This idea of bodily uh, patience is going to be example, uh, made example of by Neville. And so at some stage when Neville works that out, he's going to share with us this idea of uh, not just spiritual patience, but bodily patience. Um, Ephesians chapter four, uh, really quickly, I want to finish this off in a few moments um, where the dinner needs made and all of that. Um, Ephesians chapter four um, is when is when Paul is uh, reminding the church of all the gifts that have been given. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers have all been given. And this is why they've been given until we all reach unity in the faith and then the knowledge of the son of God to become mature, attaining to the full, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Till we all become mature and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And so not only am I wanting us to reflect on the patience of God, not only am I wanting to address the impatience that lies deep within me, and I am assuming within many of you, but I also want, to, want us to look around us at the church. Can't do it physically. If you want to look around the Zoom call here now, the local church is where we are formed as the patient people of God. As we mature together into the fullness of Christ, we learn patience by forgiving one another, by bearing one another's burdens and by reconciling with one another. Sometimes we want a quick fix. Sometimes we get so frustrated that we, that we jump out and move on. We check out relationally. We check out of the church. We move to somewhere else. But this, this, it's the church where we are formed as the patient people of God. And that's why I think Paul's alluding to that is where we become mature as we work this all out. I can guarantee you, and I think you all know this, to bear with one another requires a lot of patience. To truly and faithfully bear with one another is, uh, it requires a lot of patience. To forgive one another, it requires a lot of patience. And sometimes I think we expect people to be further on Sometimes I think we expect people to be more mature than, than they, that maybe we think that they are. We, and, we, and we dismiss, we're so quick to dismiss because they're not going fast enough, they're not learning quick enough and we're so easy to dismiss. We need patience and we are being formed together. That's why we are a gift to one another because we are being formed into the patient people of God. And not only as I, as I think about the local church, I think this then takes us out, to our, out wider, takes us out to our community, takes us beyond the four walls of our, of, our, of our churches. And sometimes, again, we want people to respond quicker. We want people to come to our events. We want people to be at the things that we think that they need. We become really impatient because they're not responding, because they're not showing up. They're not getting with the program. We need to learn patience. What our community needs is people that will, that will be rooted and stable and pay attention and listen. We want quicker. We want instant. And I don't think that's, that's how we cultivate community in the patient way of Jesus. We want quicker and we want instant, but we need to learn patience. We need to listen to the community. We need to pay attention. And so as I've thought about this week and as I go back uh, to where we were last week, to, to be stable and to be rooted, uh, and I don't know enough about the health and the fruit of a plant. Like 
Um, I'm looking at one plant here at the minute, and it's not too bad. But in general, this one above me here, it's fake. So don't be, don't be deceived. But the, the idea of the health and the fruit of a plant, it diminishes. I didn't know this. I like to think I would have guessed it. Um, but the health and the fruit of a plant, it diminishes each time it is uprooted. And I think that's why the, the idea of being stable and being rooted was really important for me last week. Because each time we are uprooted, the health and the fruit of a plant is diminished. And I just wonder, maybe I'm, maybe I'm pushing at this, maybe I'm trying to squeeze this in too much, but I wonder in the same way, is our growth towards patience stunted each time we uproot ourselves from the sustaining soil of our local community? I just wonder if, that, like, if that's the case for us, because I, as I, as I, there's other material that I, can, that I can get bogged down in, and you read some of the, the levels of church shopping or church hopping, and I think that's, it, that's, that can be why there can be maybe some level of immaturity in the church, because we aren't rooted long enough, and whenever we keep on uprooting ourselves, the health and the fruit of that plant diminish. And I think it applies to where we are just in our, in our lives, where you live. Like if you keep uprooting yourself, there's a chance for you to make a difference in the lives of the people that are around you, within your street, within your estate. But every time you uproot, I think your, your, your growth toward patience is stunted. There's something about being patient and just like in for the long haul, going to be stable and rooted here for those around me. So I think that applies to ourselves. I think it applies to, to like your your own, even just your own your own homes. I think it applies to just as a, as a church, our commitment to the church and all of that. So, I uh, I think I think we'll finish there. But one a couple of things that I maybe would appreciate you reflecting on, and and if you find that there's something that you can feed back into the to the WhatsApp group or the Facebook page or whatever it is that you're engaging with us. I'd love us to you to reflect personally on the last time that you acted impatiently. And maybe you'd think really deep and what was it that was driving that? And maybe you would consider what were the outcomes. And that maybe then not you wouldn't beat yourself up, but you would you would think and you would converse about what would you do differently. So the last time you acted impatiently, what was driving that? What were the outcomes and what would you do differently? Maybe it'd be harder for us to do this when we're when we're not together as church. But I'm like I'm I want to ask those questions to us as a as a church family. When was the last time as a church, collectively as a church family that we act impatiently? What was it that was driving that, and what were the outcomes, and what would we do differently next time? But also as we've talked about, I'd love you to think about the way. Maybe others will. Maybe maybe someone will need to help you. But sometimes we can be so self-deprecating that we we don't get out uh, really well, some of the good stuff that we've done, but I love you to reflect in the way that you've entered into the suffering of others. I think that, I think that some of our nurses, I think Joe could lead us in a healthy conversation around that. What is it, what is it to enter into the suffering of others? And maybe there's times where we've failed to do that. Maybe there's times where that's been, that's been the thing that we should have done, but because of impatience, because of our longing for quick answers and quick results and immediate and instant, we haven't entered into the suffering of others. And maybe we could reflect on that. Reflect on the way you've entered into the suffering of others. And maybe times when you haven't, when you could have. 
And don't be feeling shame and condemnation as you reflect on those things. This is to encourage us to, to grow, to encourage us to, to better one another and champion and cheer one another on. By speaking the, in human languages or even in those of the angels, but do not have love, I become a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I should have a prophetic gift and know all mysteries, all knowledge, and have faith to move the mountains, but have no love and nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and for pride's sake, my very body, but do not have love, it's useless to me. Love is patient. So Father, I pray that you will bless each family that is uh, engaging, listening in, part of this conversation today. And I pray that you would help us to, uh, to bear with one another, to encourage one another. I pray that it would help us to be, um, to use one another to be formed as the patient people of God. Jesus, I thank that you are our example. Thank you that there's times where we watch you that you were in no rush. Thank you, Father, that you stick with us. Thank you that you are not impatient. Thank you that you have committed yourself to partnering with us and and so I pray that you continue to teach us, you continue to allow us to grow together. Um, and so as we, we maybe reflect on some of this, I pray that you would challenge us, God, but we would go away encouraged to, to respond differently the next time, or whatever it requires of us. And so I pray that you would bless us, that you would uh, unite us, encourage us, and um, and God, as Paul led us in a song, we need you, God. So, so need you. Every hour we need you, God. And so we, we leave this time together knowing that we need you. So would you fill us and empower us again, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for being part of our time together today. And uh, we'd love, if there's way if, another way for you to, to, to join us during the week and Wednesdays with the ladies on Mondays, please do. Um, that would be that would be great. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week, and um, we'll chat again soon. Bless you all. I just want you.